Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Howdy. Merry Christmas to everyone out there in our chat land. And to all a good night. <laughs> Not yet, JC. You'd be thinking we just got on to get off. <laughs> well, this is a, a very interesting time of the year, and I thought we'd cover first a couple interesting things in history. So I have, you know, what would be cool is if we had some kind of whoosh thing that said today in history. You know, a transition thing? To yeah, I know what they are. Today in history. And so uh, today in history, I wanted to share with you the fact that Thomas Paine, published his first edition of the American crisis. And uh, it was, this is the one that Thomas Paine talks about. These are the times that try men's souls and uh, that the summer soldier and the sunshine Patriot will shrink from their, from their duty. And I love when he says tyranny like hell is not easily conquered yet. We have this consolation with us. That the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. And it is uh, dearness that only gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. There's a lot of quotes in this that people don't know. The one where he says... Um, if there be trouble, let it be in my day so that my child may have peace is also in there. And since uh, the holidays are coming up and we're not going to have a regular show for the next two days, I wanted to cover this uh, today in history thing. Maybe you can fix that for me there, JC. But on, uh, oh, put it on. No, not that one. Uh, the December 25th. Yeah, that one. Woohoo. So December 25th is the day that George Washington crosses the Delaware with 5,400 troops during the American Revolution. Uh, he had hoped to surprise the Hessian forces celebrating Christmas in their winter quarters in Trenton, New Jersey. So the famous painting of Washington crossing the Delaware is uh, what happens on Christmas Day. You know, I was having this really interesting conversation with somebody the other day about all of, oh no, it was actually Frank. I was on Frank's show and Frank brings me on to do his, his history and constitution education segments. And we were talking about all of the miraculous weather events that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, during our American Revolution that that were just simply couldn't happen, you know, any better way. And I think that's probably the way why our founders, especially Benjamin Franklin, when he's talking during the ratification debates about how our uh, the hand of providence was undeniable during our battles and so uh, just so you know, the book that I uh, that I recommend for something like that is the book um, 
1776 by David McCullough, because that's where I became aware of just some of the most miraculous kind of uh, weather events that took place. And I mean, just one right after another, JC, it's absolutely amazing. These, these weather events. Did you know that George Washington and uh, one of his uh, troop members during the French and Indian war were crossing the Potomac river to, to engage, to deliver a message to the other side. And on their way back, the the river had started to freeze and they were on one of those little uh raft things that you push with a stick mm-hmm. and they were hit by an iceberg on the river tumped into the river had to swim to an island in the river for the night and would they they would have frozen to death had it not been for the fact that they actually were soaking wet mm. Because of the heat transfer. JC likes to talk about the heat transfer with Colton and stuff. So anyway, I thought he would find that particularly interesting. The fact that that George Washington was soaked from head to toe, saved his life during the French and Indian War so that he could be General George Washington and the first president of our uh, current constitutional um, uh, republic. Cool. How many stories are there about miraculous times when George Washington was not killed? <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. But anyway, that's just a little bit of history that I wanted to talk to you about today. We have uh I wanted to start off by giving you guys some encouragement. There's a lot of stuff in the media today that will bring you down. A lot of stuff in the media that will uh you know, I, JC, I think the media's business is to bring people down. I think they want people to be depressed. I think they want everybody to be discouraged and dejected. And so I wanted to, at least in every once in a while, show you guys some amazing things that are happening. And the the, the fact is, at the state and local level, we have lots of great things happening that you're just not seeing in the news. I mean, I'm going to show you something today that's happening on the on the federal level as well that you're not seeing in the news. But uh, this is this is really cool. So this is here in our home state of Florida in Tarpon Springs. And what we have is the St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Cathedral Epiphany. Uh, celebration is for January 6th, but the Tarpon Springs police chief, Robert Koken, warned that the law enforcement would not support the annual cross dive if a typical sized ga- crowd gathers to watch. Now, they usually have over 2000 people that go on this trek to uh, this this celebration dive on January 6th. I wonder if they scheduled that on purpose to be the day that the electoral college was counted. I don't think so. (laughs) Probably not. Right. But here we have the uh, city who is telling the cathedral that they have to limit the attendance because the police are not going to help them unless they keep the spectators to a minimum. 
And what the pastor says is just, or what the attorney for the church says. Are you catching that, JC? There's an attorney out there who is standing up for these churches. And he says, the church has armed individuals trained with license to carry. And if we need to bring those in because the city doesn't want to help us, we'll bring them in. Jerry Theo, can you try to say that? Uh, Theophilopoulos. Good Greek name, right? Theophilopoulos. Work with us, and if the sheriff doesn't want to work with us, we'll work around him. We don't need him. I wish that we had more churches with this kind of uh, perspective. We don't need, you know what this is, JC? This is a huge, we don't need the government to be uh, our watchdog for us. We don't need the government to provide services for us. We don't need them. And the city's like, well, this isn't about religious discrimination. This is about keeping people safe in public health and security. January 6th is known as Little Christmas or Old Christmas. It's one of the traditional names among Irish Christians and Amish Christians for January 6th, um, also known as the Feast of the Epiphany which is celebrated after the conclusion of the 12 days of Christmas tide. Well, apparent maybe that, that is little Christmas. So that's why it's January 6th. Well, they're Greek Orthodox. So maybe they celebrate in the same way then. Yes. <laughs> so I just thought that was a really encouraging message that uh, we have a church that's saying, Hey, we're going to go ahead with our exercise of our religious beliefs and we're going to manage it if the government doesn't want to do it for us. It's interesting. It makes you think of that song, Have Yourself a Merry Little, Little Christmas. Christmas. Oh. Is that, is that I, what yeah. she's talking about? Have yourself a Judy Garland. Was merry Judy Garland Little Christmas. Amish, Irish, Christian, or something? Greek Orthodox. Know. Episcopalian, Greek Orthodox. <laughs> interesting. Oh, man. All right. So we also have some good news uh, from a, a state level here in Indiana. I wonder, JC, can you look up for something for me? Find sure. out how far uh, the Kosciuszko County is from Elkhart, Indiana. Okay. I want to know, because we have our friend, this is a sheriff story from Kosciuszko, I don't even know if I'm saying that, Kosciuszko County Sheriff, probably not saying that right, but I'm going to put it up there so you guys can see it. Uh, this is their Facebook page, and uh, we have a sheriff story from this county sheriff's office, and I really like this sheriff because what's interesting is... You go to this sheriff's website, you go to the sheriff's Facebook page, you it cannot is. find a picture of the sheriff anywhere. It is the county just south of Elkhart. Ah, so just the county south of Elkhart, Indiana. Just as a reminder, Elkhart, Indiana is the home of Brad Rogers and uh, his now undersheriff. I should probably know his name. We've met him before, too. Uh, who are the sheriffs of Elkhart, Indiana, who kicked the USDA and the FDA 
out of Elkhart, Indiana. Oh, there's Ca somebody saying Casiasco. that. Casiasco. Casiasco. Okay. Thank you. Well, that makes more sense given the words there. Yeah. Thank War you so much. Warsaw, Jeffrey. Indiana. Casiasco. All you. right. That's awesome. So this is this is really really encouraging. We have sheriffs standing up all over the country. Casiasco. I've actually spoken to uh, the sheriff of. Casiasco County, County, Indiana. Uh, we are now friends on Facebook. Right. And so what's interesting is that the sheriff has uh, signed a pledge. And this pledge is a pledge that declares his county a sanctuary county for the rights of the people. It is called the resolution supporting the protection of rights under the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Indiana. I actually had a video where the undersheriff was uh, reading the resolution before the county board, declaring the sheriff's loyalty to the Constitution and the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Indiana. And it declares that it, he's going to support the rights of the people. Look at this, JC, right here in, in the resolution is the Supreme Court case, uh, Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn versus Cuomo. That in and then quotes it says, even in a pandemic, the Constitution cannot be put away and forgotten. Wow. So this is the Casiasco County with the Casiasco County Sheriff taking up this uh, this pledge to support the first, the second. Look at this, the Fourth Amendment. A sheriff that's saying we are not going to violate your right to be secure in your person's house's papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Then quotes the Indiana Constitution as well. And it says, hereby the following is resolved. The board and county do hereby commit and to, to stand and defend at all times, whether during a state of emergency or otherwise, the rights and the liberties of the persons in Casiasco County as guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of in Indiana. Casiasco County is hereby declared to be a constitutional rights sanctuary county. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. A, a constitutional rights sanctuary county. What's crazy is, JC, now, every county ought to be that. Tell me, this is from the county commission. To, what is Yes. This is from the Board of County Commission of Casiasco County. Sheriff is and the sheriff this, is has signed on to this resolution. Gotcha. He actually appeared. Well, his under sheriff appeared at the uh, Casiasco County um, Board of County Commissioners meeting because, uh, unfortunately, the sheriff, whose name is Kyle Dukes. Uh, is COVID positive. Uh -huh. He is, he is, I have no indication that he's symptomatic. 
because uh, they didn't say that in the meeting, but he said he's COVID positive and he's quarantined for 14 days. Mm -hmm. So his under sheriff uh, came over and read the entire pledge before the Casiasco County Board of County Commissions to declare their alignment with that. Yeah. And I see you downloaded this. Where, if I wanted to find this online, where can I find this document? Well, I actually found it. And I agree, Katie Boggs. It's it's too bad we have to get excited at this. It should be a given. That's yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly right. Unfortunately, well, this and, is where we are today. And what... What I was about to say is that every city, every county ought to be a san constitutional sanctuary county because every state constitution has a bill of rights or a declaration of rights that declares the rights of the people as supreme. Mm -hmm. Now, I have this link. I got this link off of the Facebook page of the person who contacted me, you know, we have lots of people out there that are always, you know, they're, they're, they're scouring the, the stuff for us. And when things happen local, uh, they let us know as well. Uh, Jennifer Blair is the dear lady who contacted us about this. And it's on the Facebook page of Monica Boyer. Monica Boyer has the video up, but the audio on the video was not very good. So I'm not sure if you can get the get the link on the Kosciuszko County page. I would imagine that you can. But you know what, JC? We can put the link in our show notes so people can yeah. have that. I'm looking at the county website, which is kcgov.com, but I, I have not I've been able to find that. I mean, it may be. What day was this? It may be too recent. I know how these county websites. Yeah, uh, I don't don't get updated very quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. No doubt. Uh, yesterday. Okay. It just happened yesterday. So it's probably just not there yet. Right. Well, uh, Monica has it. The the link. She, Monica yeah, it got the somewhere. link from somewhere. Yeah, clearly. So maybe I don't know where where it is. Maybe Monica. Or um, okay. the sheriff can let us What's know. The title, the title of, the of the document is. I'll put it back up there. Maybe you can find it that way, JC. Yeah. The uh, state of Indiana before the Board of Kosciuszko County Commissioners Resolution 2012-22, without a number. That's just how new it is, right? Mm -hmm. A resolution supporting the protection of rights under the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Indiana. Yeah, that's not even signed yet. No, no. Well, that's what they were doing yesterday. Yeah. So they were voting on it yesterday at the county meeting, which is why the sheriff sent his undersheriff saying, we support this. This needs to be passed. Okay. And so we'll, if, we'll keep an eye out if you when want to publish it, if you want to take this as a model for your own county. Yeah. This is something that you can do. Take it to your sheriff. See if your sheriff will sign on to this. Yeah, that's that's why we need access to the right where we can find it. Yeah. So somebody can find it for us or I can I don't when know. It's if officially I put it in published, here. we'll put it out. Who's 
That's your Google Drive you're giving to the world? I am not. This is the Google Drive that it was attached to. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, that was posted publicly on Facebook. I see. So it may be the <laughs> county's Google Drive. All right. But there's the link right there, guys. Uh, I have posted it in the show notes. You get flooded now. And and you guys can find it there. But people are always asking us, JC, about solutions, you know. People are always asking us what it is that we uh, can do. Well, here's what you can do. Find out what other people are doing and duplicate their success mm -hmm. at your state and local level. I mean, we've talked about the sheriff in Chavez County, New Mexico, Mike Harrington, who wrote his open letter to the governor of New Mexico. We've talked about the Constitutional Sheriff Peace Officers Association. They have a whole pledge for constitutional sheriffs. What's well, a good and way now to you put, have your, this. put your county commission under the gun, too? Yeah. I mean, you pretty much you, you present this to them and, you know, they have to basically say, no, no, we're, we're not going to support the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you know, that's what happened record. when we went. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I went to Arkansas a group, a liberty group in Arkansas brought me up there. I'm not going to put their name up there just yet. But a liberty group in Arkansas brought me up there uh, to uh, address the board of county commissioners uh, about being a sanctuary county as well. And they voted against it. They voted against being held accountable to their Bill of Rights. So that's when you take it and use it as political fodder. Yeah. To put them on blast and get them out of office. Woo, Lynette's in Chavez County, New Mexico. You have a great sheriff in Chavez County, New Mexico, Mike Harrington. You need to thank him. Send him a Christmas card or something and yeah, tell him Chris Ann Hall sent you. <laughs> so there are things that are happening that we need to be aware of that we can duplicate, that we can do, that we can be successful at. JC, people are talking about your jacket. Jacket. Or your shirt, rather. Mm -hmm. You want to show them? You want me to pull that up? They want to know where they can get that. All right. We'll do a little godgunsliberty.com commercial for you right here. Sure. All right. So there we go. I don't think they're seeing it if you want to. They are not. <laughs> I thought so you were going to talk while if I... you go to godgunsliberty.com, godgunsliberty.com, one god, many guns, and one liberty.com, you can find uh, our, our t-shirt store there. And there are lots of cool t-shirts at the t-shirt store. But this one, the one that JC has on, is the non-compliant movie t-shirt. Yeah, this is long sleeve version. I think there, I think I put a short short sleeve version on there as well. Um, GodGunsLiberty.com. And then we also have the jacket that I'm wearing, which is a Liberty First University jacket for all of those. Uh, I think that one's under the hats one. Uh, for all of those who are in our uh, who are students at LibertyFirstUniversity.com. You can share your Liberty First University pride by wearing the Liberty First University jacket, mm -hmm. um, which is right there, the, the yellow one. 
and it goes in, comes in yellow, comes in gray, comes in black. And we also have in blue, I forgot, navy blue. And then we have hoodies, really cool hoodies. Liberty First University hoodie there. We have hats, uh, a beanies. I actually was thinking about sending my dad one of the beanies because my dad's always wearing beanies. But there's the non-compliant T-shirt. And has the website on the back. Which yours has, the long sleeve has the website on the back as well. So go to GodGunsLiberty.com and you support multiple ministries with your T-shirts. And uh, some people were having trouble earlier in the year during COVID, but now things seem to be moving very quickly. They're pushing yeah. us stuff pretty quick. We got these jackets. Yeah, these are good. actually, just for you to know, this is not printed. This is actually embroidered on this jacket. So it's not going anywhere. And they we got that really quick. Yeah, JC's chrisannhall.com, join or die hat. And so uh, that's our little commercial break for All today. All right. <laughs> Need some women's V-neck T-shirts. Got it. Women's V-neck T-shirts. We do have, Tori, we do actually have the women's cut T-shirts in many of the versions. I'll check into the V-neck. That have a lower, this is actually the women's cut, my my Liberty Attic t-shirt is a women's cut shirt, so it's got the little tapered sides and the nice low neck. It makes it more comfortable for us ladies. So there's something going on uh, in the COVID relief activity that I wanted to share with you guys. Just a little warning for you. Um, which one is this? This is this one. Oh, look how that does. I think I'm getting the hang of this, JC. And yes, James, we do have a video presentation uh, for the sheriff's presentation. It's but it's part of Liberty First University. Yes. So. Yes. And that's going to be a great one. Yep. Right. So uh, I was we mentioned yesterday that President Trump has veto was going to veto the uh, COVID relief bill, which is not a COVID relief bill, right? which is uh, $900 billion of stuff and then $1.43 trillion of stuff that's not even related to COVID in any remote way, shape, or form. Yeah, and you talk about the 5D chess, you know, that people are always saying he plays 5D chess, like this is 5D chess. That's I, it was hilarious, man. I was cracking up how he's pretty much backed them into a corner. Right. Because, you know, he framed it all about, hey, let's give them two grand. So now they have to he's put them in a position where they have to come out. Like if they're going to buck him, they have to come out and say, no, no, we're we're we don't want to give the people any money. And then that's with the backdrop of having given billions and billions to foreign governments. So well, Nancy Pelosi total trap he laid for these people now. So it's pretty funny Poli from a political point of view. Nancy Pelosi, uh, I guess, is is trying to not let Trump get the better of her because now she's saying, see, we wanted to give you more money. It's the Republicans that won't give you the money. Yeah. Yeah. JC, I don't know. Do you remember off the top of your head? Because you had given me a statistic. Somebody they had they had delegated a certain amount of money for vehicles. 
Yep. Do you remember what that was? Uh, it's 117 vehicles. This is in your COVID Relief Act. Yeah. Let me pull it up on my Instagram is oh, where cool. I posted it. I can put it up on um, your Instagram, too. I believe I put it on there. So one of the sections. Uh, let's see. No. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was on Facebook. But yeah, it was something like I don't know, three million per vehicle. Some ridiculous. So you saw the the section uh said, you know, here is X amount of dollars to buy uh hundred and seventeen vehicles. And mm -hmm. then it said and uh uh, uh, rentals and services, which obviously means rentals and services. Yeah, which you is posted that somewhere. Jason. Drivers, you know, like drivers yeah. and and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think it was one of the my, one of my first the first things I saw. Yeah, in the bill, so it was one of the first things that I I had posted about. Um, yeah, three here it is three hundred and thirteen. It's page six hundred ninety nine. Oh, you this is one of, of the ones the that 5, you actually just put the plus, page up. Uh, plus bill, um, three hundred thirteen million dollars for one hundred seventeen vehicles. Wow! So if you do the math, that's twenty six million dollars per vehicle. Uh, and it's by the way, it's stated like this: Your Facebook. This is your Facebook page. Yeah, right? it's on Facebook. It says, um. For necessary expenses of the federal law enforcement training centers for operations and support, including the purchase of not to exceed 117 vehicles for police type use and hire of passenger motor vehicles. I don't know what else they're spending it on, but it was funny. You know, it makes it sound like $26 million vehicles are being purchased, but $313 million. First off, federal law enforcement training centers. Is what it is. Just, that's not even that's not even a pay for whatever the actual law enforcement is doing in its daily business. This is just the training, which includes 117 vehicles for 313 million dollars. But you get 600. 313 million dollars. 26 million per vehicle with extra for. Rentals and drivers. It's you know it, it's always interesting to me. Again, as I said yesterday, to look at these bills because you start thinking about the the function of these agencies, right? So I don't know how many I don't know how many federal law enforcement officers there are, or or or, or specifically how many employees there are of the federal law enforcement training center, right? But when you think about 313 million. Mm -hmm. So that's, let's assume in addition to the vehicles, you're talking about paying the people who, to do whatever training. Uh, you seriously think that the, the employees are getting money, you know, to the extent that that adds up to 313 million. They're not. No. So th that's the thing about the way, the way the money flows through $4 million toilet seats right so the way the money flows through these agencies how the how the the bloat the waste fraud and abuse happens you have this agency but it's it's almost like a what do you call it it's like money laundering 
Yeah. So you're, this yeah, is no, not just exactly to pay the salaries of the employees, but but there's all kind of contractors. There's a whole industry that is connected to each of these agencies, and it's usually you know somebody's cousin's brother, sister. You know, there it, it's all this nepotism and connections uh, that we funnel three hundred thirteen million dollars to this one agent one agency that that just trains mm -hmm. federal law enforcement you're not even funding federal law enforcement but training them and then again there's this whole there's then this whole network that when the money goes in that agency then it goes out uh to all of these all the contractors and and uh vendors and and whatever and remember they have to suck all that like a vacuum up from the states to the federal city of washington dc i want which by the way I, that reminds me, I didn't, we didn't post or talk about any of this, but um, there's a section on there just dedicated to Washington, D.C. Yeah. When you look at the section, it talks about all the special payments that go to the residents mm -hmm. of Washington, of the city of Washington, D.C. Now, remember, D.C. is not a state, can't be a state, never intended to be a state, right? It's supposed to be the seat of federal government. Was Washington, D.C. ever even intended to have residents? And just be just by virtue of them being residents of Washington D.C., the rest of us in the states uh, are robbed to right. support a fund, right? To pay their college tuition, exactly. To uh, we subsidize their uh, the water and their water, their sewage, or their their city utilities. Like nobody, you you don't get. Let's say you live in uh, I, I don't know Savannah, Georgia. You're not taking money like you don't get to take taxes from other states to subsidize your utilities. But we, the rest of the people in the states, are actually subsidizing uh, just because they live in Washington, D.C. And remember, this is probably pol again, who are we talking about? The residents of Washington, D.C. Right. It's all these politicians, lobbyists, contractors, this whole network that feeds off of the bloat of these agencies. In addition to that. Right. That little section just for them. Mm -hmm. We're subsidizing their college tuition, their utilities, on and on and on. I was I was blown away at all the little special things that you get just because you live in D.C. And that's part of the federal budget. Do you know what's interesting, J.C.? The entire reason Washington, D.C. was not allowed to be a state was to prevent what's actually happening as you describe it. Yeah. The, well, first Our off, founders 20... said Washington, D.C. cannot be a state because the politicians being the the seat of government for the federal government. If the seat of government of the federal government is a state, then they will vote their the inhabitants of their states into aristocracy and wealth. Right. So that's the whole that's the whole purpose of keeping Washington, D.C. as a district and not a state. And yeah. yet they're violent. They, they found a way to do that anyway. So let me say, let, let's be clear. This is why and I know this. This sound this sounds wonky and nobody's interested or whatever <laughs> for a reason. You should. Be this interested. is why mm -hmm. I think it's important. So every time an omnibus bill or some appropriations bill comes out, I think every American should go through it. Yes. We don't want to do that. And secondly, this is why they're caught. They're referring to this appropriations bill as a COVID relief package. So if you think, well, 
all that's in it is payments for COVID. There's $600 checks. There's, you know, maybe some other stuff about COVID. So what purpose do you have to even look at the bill? Right. So that's part of the propaganda of the of the corporate media, including Fox, CNN, yeah. all of them who repeatedly who have over and over still today, over and over and over every report you pull up, every video you see, every news broadcast, every single commentary on this appropriations bill refers to it as a covid relief bill or covid relief package. It is not. It is the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021 it is the 12 subcommittees of of the appropriations committee combined into an omnibus bill meaning each subcommittee does not have to do their separate work it's all thrown together so nobody will read it it's five thousand plus pages they vote on it at one time nobody knows what's in it and by calling it a covid relief package the normal american person doesn't even look into it or read it And so you don't know that there's a separate section set aside just for the residents of Washington, D.C. to get special privileges on the backs of the rest of the taxpayers who do not live in Washington, D.C. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You saw what we went through yesterday, where we cataloged many of these billion dollars and multi-million dollar checks passed out to foreign governments. Some of those foreign governments who we from time to time declare as enemies of America, we write checks to them. So let me remind you, there's a couple things that I wanted to remind you of while we're here. Uh, This is the article that I've written on this very subject. If you want to talk, you know, we're always saying those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat its mistakes. And I'm always just absolutely flabbergasted when history repeats so precisely. I don't, it's one of those things where I'm not shocked because I've seen it happen so many times, but I'm, I'm shocked because it keeps happening. And so what you have now here, we have the, you have Congressman James Polk, You have Congressman James Blair from South Carolina who are arguing that we have that Congress has no authority to give away tax dollars for the people of Washington, D.C. Right. And right now, what's what we have them doing that very, very thing. I wanted to talk about this last thing about before you move on. But just just I just this comment what Brian says right here. I mean, exactly right. So this is, this is the absurdity of it. You could cut out all the graft and the bloat Mm -hmm. to these federal agencies and the kickbacks to all these foreign governments and easily write a check to every American for a million dollars. And you still would, that still would not add up right to the money that you're wasting year after year after year. Jay-Z, that, that's how many, the absurdity of what's it. the population of America today? Uh, 300 some odd million, 300 million, roughly three, 320 million, right? Three. Oh, so, okay. So we've got 320 million, but we've now they, times 1 million. So we've now, this is appropriations bill number. I don't even know what. Because they've passed, they've passed these continuing resolutions and omnibus bills, uh, you know, in in the interim 
times, right? So, so think about normally you would pass a yearly budget, which they don't do. So they pass these, the omnibus bills, they pass what's called a continuing rev resolution, which is just like, we're not going to pass a budget and you, you just write a blank check and keep, keep hundred, keep on uh, yeah. doing that. So my point is, uh, I think the total on this was 2.3 trillion. We passed a uh, six trillion or six trillion worth last year, uh, a couple trillion before that. I mean, it's been multiple trillion after multiple trillion after multiple trillion after multiple trillion. You could have just simply given every American a, a million bucks and been done with it. And then, you know, they fix their own situation that floods the economy. They build businesses, whatever. Right. But yet we're a large. This is what I would love to know. We'd, you'd have to go back and maybe I, like I feel compelled to even do this, be a, probably a huge job. But I would love to go back and look at these consecutive trillion dollar appropriations bills and see what percentage of that left the country. Yeah, because th this bill with with this whole list that you're about to show is not new. Right. The list was very similar. In the last appropriations yes. bill and the one before the that and the omnibus. one before that and the yeah. one before that. Every time they pass an appropriations bill, billions, 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 and billions go outside America to foreign governments. This has happened over and over and over again. Every administration, What's, even this one, but it, because Jason, Trump doesn't, I mean, no, you can say, oh, Trump and he saved us and drained the swamp. He, he doesn't control this. I mean, you see him trying to fight against these guys now. He can't. He can't single-handedly stop all of this. This stuff is corrupt from top to bottom. It's been this way for administration after administration after administration after administration. Well, they it not is, only it is disgusting. It is traitorous. I, I mean, I could go on. They not only call it an omnibus, JC. They're constantly calling it a stimulus. Right. How can you call something a stimulus a when stimulus. you're sending money outside the Correct. country and not no, here? No, China is celebrating our... this. You, yes, you're, you're devaluing. You're devaluing the American dollar. The American dollar every time you pass one of these appropriations bills because you're expanding the deficit and you weaken the dollar. So the dollar you hold in your hand is not worth a dollar. So the buying power is less. What you could buy for a dollar, you know, five years ago, you you won't be able to buy for that same dollar next year. So it continues to chip into that. So China's saying, yay, weaken the dollar. And then even the CBO has said that, and I forget, I have to go back and look at the amounts, but a certain amount uh, takes away 0.10% growth every time you, you, you know, uh, spend that much money. Yeah. So and Rand Paul mentioned this the other day. So he he mentioned that's so you're talking about eight percent economic growth per year, negative economic growth. So in other words, whatever eight percent would would equate to as the number of jobs that would have been created, those jobs are gone forever. They will never be created. So that's what you take away, right? So you get your somebody gets six hundred a six hundred dollar check, but then how many jobs are actually lost? You know, that would give, say, somebody uh, 30, 40,000, 50,000 well, a year there's a, there's for a, that $600 check. We are going to get to my to the bigger problem here in just a second. But I wanted to uh, explain. Makes uh, my blood boil. Wordsmith says, Christiane, I'd love to see a reading list where you learned your history. Well, let me tell you where you can find that. You can find that at uh, libertyfirstuniversity.com. 
the history that I teach, I give you all the resources there at libertyfirstuniversity.com. When you become a student at libertyfirstuniversity.com, you get that reading list. You become, you, you get the education that, that we have uh, that you learn every day here at chrisanhall.com, the teach show, not a talk show. And that's why we do this so that you guys can get this information and you can be who we are, you know, know what we know. We have people all the time saying, Chrisanne, we need to, we need to clone you. Well, that's what Liberty First University uh, is all about. Is It's about creating more people out there who have that information and you can go online for 20 bucks. Here's the challenge. For less than $20, you can sign up, have access to all our classes for less than 20 bucks. Your challenge is for, to sign up for 20 bucks, take three classes and figure out uh, whether you need more. And I give you that challenge because I know that you will figure out that you need more. And so uh, we're just, all of these things are set up so that we can cannot just simply give you information here five days a week, uh, but to help disciple you in what we're doing. And don't forget, we are all over the country. JC and I will be in Sisters, Oregon, the 28th and 29th of December. So if you are in the Sisters, Oregon area, you need to go to chrisannhall.com. You need to go to the calendar and we'll go ahead and I'll put that up there for you really quickly. This will be our second little commercial break thing we got going on here. Uh, calendar where you can see where we're going to be. So Sisters, Oregon there, 6 p.m. Uh, talking about out of control state government. And then Sisters, Oregon there on just Tuesday 29th. There'll be two different classes, but we're going to be teaching uh, both nights there in Sisters, Oregon. This was supposed to be sort of dovetailing off our Christmas vacation, but that, yeah. that didn't quite happen. I but I want to show you. click at the you. bottom on the name of the state, and it'll show you meetings for your state upcoming. So that's a good little feature. Oh, there you so. go. So, yeah, you can actually search by state and see where where we are going to be in the in the entire year, I think. Yeah. So I wanted to show this, this to you. This is from JC's, um, this is from JC's Instagram page. J.C. Hall Global. J.C. Hall Global. and People it, always <clears throat> poke me about the global. I know. They don't want to follow you because you're a globalist. <laughs> global. It's because I work briefly with Global Impact Ministries, which is a missionary group, and that's where that came from. Not globalism. So I wanted to point out something here, kind of one of those things that you were talking about, how they have a whole section for uh, Washington, D.C. Now, I want to remind us that there was an omnibus bill that has already been passed, that was already sending out trillions of dollars that was supposed to save us from the government shutdown, right? Well, in that, uh, when that omnibus bill came out, JC and I talked about it at that time, but I wanted to point out something to you that maybe people might have forgotten because the media is not covering it. The Kennedy Center is getting another $40 million this time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got money last time. They got money last time. But 
right after they got their millions last time, they shut down the Kennedy Center and fired everybody. Mm -hmm. They have been closed since the beginning of COVID. They let everybody go. They're not paying their employees right now. But we are supposed to be sending them another $40 million for what, JC? You want to talk about money laundering. I want to see the sci-fi movie that comes out that talks about the the uh, the big research center that's in 37 stories below the Kennedy Center that we keep funding by sending millions and millions and millions of dollars to the Kennedy Center because there's absolutely nothing going on there. And now they want us to send 40 million more dollars. Mm -hmm. So I, I you know what? I want to know where that money is going. I mean, you, you. Donald Trump did an amazing thing the other day. Four and a half minutes, he he stood in front of the American people and read this list, saying, "I question this." Do you know what he said about Egypt, JC? One point three billion dollars, Donald Trump said, is going to go to Egypt through this bill, which will undoubtedly be used to buy arms from. Russia. Donald Trump said that we are sending $1.3 billion to Egypt so that they can buy arms from Russia. Where's the Russia collusion? We're sending our tax dollars to Russia via the military, the Russian military complex, Donald Trump says. About $700 million to Sudan. Yeah. Here's uh, state.gov. In reference to Sudan, um, crime such as kidnapping, armed robbery, home invasion, and carjacking can occur. This type of crime is more frequent outside of Khartoum. Khartoum. Members of known terrorist groups and individuals sympathetic to these groups in Sudan could attack with little or no warning, targeting foreign and local government facilities and areas frequented by Westerners. Demonstrations can occur with no warning. Uh, do, so we, do, the, the State Department not, says, State Department do, not says go. do not travel, reconsider travel. Level three, reconsider travel. Violence continues along the border between Chad and Sudan and areas near the border with Sudan. Armed opposition groups are active in the central Darfur state. Intercommunal clashes can occur throughout the country and can result in the declaration of localized states of emergency. The U.S. government has limited ability to provide emergency services to U.S. citizens outside of Khartoum. U.S. government employees must obtain special authorization from the Sudanese government to travel outside Khartoum. Now, JC, this this actually brings they get up 700 million bucks. the point that I wanted to make with this, because the I am happy that Donald Trump is engaging in this proper check and balance of vetoing this. However, we are missing the real solution here. The solution is not to add $2,000 per American on to the bill. The solution is to eliminate the $1.43 trillion that is not going to anything that has to do with COVID. Right. Now, the real constitutional solution, if you want to get down to the brass tacks of it all, is to not have the federal government giving out this money at all. 
There is no authorization in the U.S. Constitution for the federal government to engage in charity. Read my article on chrisannhall.com and see there is no authorization for this, whether it be international charity or domestic charity. You want to be constitutional? You want to be moral? You want to be principled? Then you say, hey, we're not going to send out any money for this because the real solution is this. Open your cities back up. Open your private businesses back up. Get the economies going. Now, you read that whole thing about Sudan, right? So we're sending $700 million to a country that rapes, pillages, plunders, kidnaps, wars with people to such a degree that we're not even allowed to go there, right? You have to have special permission to go. So what we're actually doing by sending that $700 million, we're oh, incentivizing absolutely. that crime. Absolutely. The same yeah, thing happening think- here at home. When we spend send our tax dollars, $2,000 per person for COVID relief, we are incentivizing N- Newsom. We are incentivizing Cuomo to keep their tyrannical shutdowns. Why do you need to open up? The federal government sent you $2,000. Yeah. Tell that private business owner that $2,000 once every seven months, never going to happen again, is, is somehow a just replacement for the loss of their business. The real solution is do not subsidize This unconstitutional authority do not subsidize and incentivize the terrorists in Sudan. Subsidizing the Russian military complex with seven with with uh, 1.3 billion billion to Egypt. It wouldn't need a six hundred dollar or two thousand dollar check from the federal government if they weren't sending a trillion dollar plus every six months to foreign governments. Foreign governments, by the way, that hate us. Right. Foreign governments. You want to talk about terrorists? You want to shut down the borders from terrorists? For Pete's sakes, why don't we stop the outflow of our money to terrorist countries before we start worrying about the inflow of their people into our countries? We are subsidizing this. We are incentivizing this with our money. And this really, really, really bothers me. And it's not even domestic socialism. No. International socialism. Like we, we've started socialism for other countries. Yeah. We're, we're, more, we're more socialist for other countries than we are for our own country. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait till domestic socialism fully kicks in. In fact, we'll be, we'll be beyond broke. We're broke now. When... When the communist revolution took over Russia, you can, I mean, you, even, even before the wall fell, you could go and visit Russia to go to a department store in Russia. There were guards outside the store. You had to have special permission to go to the department stores, but those were the only stores that existed. What we, what do we call them? The big box stores. Mm -hmm. They were the only ones that existed. Why? Because the communist revolution Stole the private businesses from the people, eliminating private industry and pushing everything into these 
these big box corporations in Russia so that the government could then control the flow of funds where only the elite, because remember, socialism is not about equalization of wealth. It's about redistribution of wealth from everybody else to the elite. So you have all that in there. Now we're, we're doing the same thing here with these COVID shutdowns. I, you can't help but conclude that our government is infiltrated and taken over by foreign agents and foreign governments because what they lobby what, apparently what lobby better real, than our people what do what real american loyal to their own country would be cutting checks to foreign governments while american businesses are shutting down i mean i think the only reasonable conclusion is that our government has been taken over by foreign powers and their agents I mean, think about it. Only six senators said no. Yeah. So six the senators. rest of them must be must be bought out. So nine, we have 94, at least 94. Right. That's that's a senator, right? Hundred hundred of those guys. Am I am I right? Yeah. Two for each state. So 94. Apparent foreign agents. In control of the Senate. I mean, they, they may as you may it may as well be for even. I think you can make that reasonable allegation. Aren't you defined by your actions? Ninety four senators just made payoffs to foreign governments. I mean, think about it. If they this is this is uh, this is something that they've hounded. Trump and various people about, I, I think, wasn't this uh, not Flynn, but the other guy who ended up in prison. So think about it. If these 94 senators had written these checks from their personal account, we, we would reasonably think they should be going to prison. Right. But because they write checks to foreign governments from our checkbook, that's okay. Right. Think about that. Right. Think about that. That is huge. Ninety-six that is, like, U.S. senators mic drop. cutting checks to foreign governments, to not and it's just, okay. Not just foreign governments. Foreign governments that are going to use that money to fund organizations that will attack us. They are doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I don't. I mean, how close to the definition of treason can you come? Who who else is saying this? Who who's who? Are we going to get shut down because I'm saying this? These are traitors. Yes. This is treason in my book. Yeah, absolutely. You, the U.S. Senate, along with the House and all the rest, but the the U.S. Senate, okay, but because the U.S. Senate is supposed to be Republican controlled right now, is that is that right? That that's what I understand. Yes, is that right? It's supposed so, to be ninety six U.S. senators told the American people to go F yourself while they cut checks to foreign powers. That hate us. That will attack us. That will use that money against us. If that's not treason, please explain to me what treason is. Aiding and betting an, the enemy is treason. That is the definition of treating, treason. Aiding and abetting the enemies of America. Those who would bring the downfall of America, aiding and abetting, that is that is the definition of treason. And there you have it.
And the media is complicit in it all. I just want to one th- one more thing before we go, because I am sick to death. And I, and I know we're going a little bit long today, but I want to get this out there because I'm sick to death of the selective journalism. Because I worked really, really, I work really, really hard to to vet what people send us. And I wanted to share with you how difficult it was for me to find this particular truth. And so I want to show you here. Somebody sent me uh, now this this is actually uh, going around the uh, what do they call it? The independent medias. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have to be very careful when you see these headlines from the independent medias, because sometimes they're pulling old articles. Sometimes they're they're just making stuff up or whatever. So I'm looking for this. Right. I've got this headline. Wisconsin judge says state must purge 200,000 voter registrations. OK, so I am looking everywhere for this and I find this. I find it here. Uh, in The Guardian. And in this Guardian article, it says a Wisconsin judge's order to boot more than 200,000 people from voter rolls in the battleground state spurred condemnation from Democrats amid claims of voter suppression. Let me know if you guys have seen this, because I've seen this headline. And before I posted it, I wanted to find out where it is. And so I found that the this first i found this wisconsin or this guardian thing now guardian's not the most re- reputable kind of media outlet i wanted to find it another place so i'm searching and i'm searching and i'm searching jc and i find this article which is absolutely everywhere this particular one and i want to show you why this is so interesting okay This one says Wisconsin Supreme Court rules against Trump to overturn loss. And it actually uses the term 220,000 ballots disqualified in Dane and Milwaukee counties. Right. So when you're searching for the original article that I that I had up there, the original article, which talks about disqualifying 200,000 votes. And then you see this, which is ubiquitous in the Internet. This particular court case is everywhere. I started thinking maybe there I have I have some confusion there. Maybe I have uh, a situation where the media is getting bad information. The Guardian's getting bad information. And I started looking. Now, watch this. This is a completely different county. This county is not Dane and Milwaukee counties. This is a different county in in, uh, uh, Wisconsin. And this is actually true, JC. This is actually true. This happened on Friday. The Wisconsin order to boot more than 2,000 people from the voter rolls in the battleground state uh, is actually legitimate. There is no media source covering this, but the one where the Wisconsin Supreme Court overturns Trump in the other two counties is everywhere. So nobody is it. Now, here's where I found Right. So I clicked this little hyperlink. I thought maybe I can get a copy of the order. Now, what you're going to find 
is that it's going to take you to the New York Times article. Now, I don't have a subscription to New York Times, so I can't read it. But New York Times is the only other avenue, the only other outlet that I can find that's actually covering this. And it says um, on Friday, far more Wisconsin voters, some 200,000 were ordered, dropped from the state's voting rolls in a court ruling that sent that was sending political operatives and officials scrambling. This is dated December 13th. And this is not The Guardian. This is The New York Times. Uh, and so this is. This is a this is Ozaki County in Wisconsin. And this is this is an article from the New York Times from December 13th, 2019. So this is actually an old case. Right. Year old. A year old. But it has not been overturned. This is the one. Now watch this. This is what I'm trying to I'm uh, what I'm trying to show you here. Uh, do this. These two counties. Are Dane and Milwaukee County, not the other county, Osaka County. So nobody's reporting this mm -hmm. Osaka County. But it's everywhere reporting the Dane and Milwaukee counties. And these 200,000 were, were set aside because they were, uh, they were sent notices because to, for change of address, and they did not respond. And so... You've got to, it is very difficult. My point in all of this is, it is very, very difficult to find the truth in the media when they're selectively posting things. When they try to conflate those those things to distract. Yeah. Because it has to be, I mean, it's got to meet the narrative. Trump's losing, Trump's losing, Trump's losing. So you've got the court order telling Ozaka County to get rid of those 200,000 votes. The Wisconsin Supreme Court is only talking about Dane and Milwaukee counties. So what exactly is happening in Osaka County, uh, the, the other county? And uh, we have these people who are just refusing to comply with these orders. I, I think maybe that had to do with. Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously, that's 2019. So that didn't have to do with the previous election, mm -mm. clearly. No. So how, did they? No, this was about mailing they, people ballots this time around. So had did they actually purge those rolls? They, as of the article, they were refusing to purge the rolls. Oh, wow. That's that was crazy. the whole point. That's why the Guardian article, which uh, which is also uh, a year old, it says right here at the top, a year old, talks about how they're refusing because it would create chaos. Mm. It would create the art. The argument was it would create chaos to make this happen. Yeah. In other yeah, words, see, the chaos of 200,000 people voting that shouldn't be voting is okay. If, but if, the chaos of cleaning up the records is not okay. I'm telling you, if, 
if this is not cleaned up going forward, I mean, you basically, we're now in a role where states do whatever mm-hmm. and don't follow the law and there's no consequence. Um, I just don't know how you have a legitimate election ever again. Right. If this is not fixed, I mean, I mean, assuming we've had legitimate elections in recent history, right. but there's no way you have a legitimate election going forward and there's no way people can have confidence in this. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about, I mean, I mean, you're talking about the foundation just crumbling. Right. How do you how do you continue to have a country, a republic uh, with this if this is not fixed and these states can do whatever, whatever criminal conspiracy, corruption, voter fraud, whatever they want to do, follow the law, uh, change the law midstream. Uh, not even midstream after the fact we'll change the law after the fact to get the results that we want make rules up as they go i mean i i don't know how you have any legitimate election going forward if this is not taken care of and that's why this solution by the way once again the solution section okay that's why the solution has to happen at the state and local level We have got, I mean, January 2, right? So sleep in on January 1. On January 2, we need to be all over our state legislators to create legislation now to stop this. Speaking of January. Stop it. You're eight days. You know, what are we, eight days from 2021? Uh, I don't, there is no actual, in my opinion, legitimate uh, reason for Washington, D.C. nobody. No, seriously, nobody physically has to go to Washington, D.C. Not anymore. That's an absurdity. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not the 1700s. So there's no, there's no reason you have all these folks in Washington, D.C. getting all these benefits. You don't have to be there. If anything's been demonstrated in, you know, in this COVID uh, gimmick, it's not even necessary. I don't know. I might have to to disagree to a certain extent. Oh, really? Why, yeah. why should Congress be there? Because Please tell me why should they should be there? Because we need a physical place where we can gather and physically protest. Yeah, your state capitals. Entity. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. But you but, you know, from the idea mm-hmm. of. And by the way, they have homes. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, there's no I, I don't understand what. Why? Mm hmm. Right. Blockchain, block, blockchain voting and virtual Congress. Who the hell needs these people? Well, we're just seeing the problem with the virtual meetings in our county commission. Right. They completely uh, it, it is a shield. The virtual meetings for our, our local government is a shield. No, but they're local. They're not we know where they live. We know where they live. You know, so if people get off their rear, rear end yeah. and hold folks accountable, <laughs> right. you know, legit. That's the yeah. whole thing. We've we've outsourced it to Washington D.C. They they may as well be in freaking Bangkok, you know, for as much as we're attached to what's going on there. Yeah. I, I, Gerald there's, reminds there's no us. Reason for it. Gerald reminds us they make one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. Right. A you year. can't buy a freaking router with that. Hello. <laughs> Skype's free. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Well, uh, and what do you need one hundred seventy four thousand dollars for to do what 
Okay. Steal our money? Well, but that's what's happening though, JC. Because how do you have six homes and millions of dollars in investments when you're making $174,000 a year in a place where the cost of living, right? A a row house. I I know this because I watch like this old house where they make up this stuff. A row house in a low to middle class neighborhood is $600,000, right? You can't tell me that you're getting rich off $174,500 a year, you know, seriously. No, you go to D.C. I mean, I remember back when, well, this is during the Obama time when you had the, the whole crash uh during right when obama's coming in and during that whole whole thing we went up there for an event in dc we drove up 95 and all through these places and you see shuttered businesses and just you know economically destroyed places you get to dc it's like emerald city construction's going on everywhere everything's lavish i mean that's the whole thing so they all pile up up there and you know you have again as i said the agencies and then all the network uh, connected to all these agencies are sucking up the money. The, the people in physically in Washington, D.C. Uh, live much better than the rest of America because they suck the money like a vacuum from the rest of the states. Mm-hmm. There's I'm telling you, there's no legit reason. Right. For that monstrosity that we call Washington, D.C. I remember going up there and thinking the grandeur of the place. It's an abomination. No wonder these people have the big heads that they do with the grandeur of the place. It's it's it is very king court esque. You go up there and and the whole thing you work in these buildings with these with these opulent yeah thi- you know, uh, structures all around you, and then you know. It's like the opposite of the broken window syndrome. When you work in opulence, you must live in opulence. And so, again, I just, I, I just want to know how 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 do you get rich off that? You, you well, can't get and rich it off adds that, so. well, it adds to you know the illusion that D.C. is over the states. Yeah, federal government's over the states, rather than the states having created the, the constitution, the federal government. That that's our creature; it's the creature of the states. So now that's been flipped. And this this massive opulence uh, and and, you know, almost Olympian grandeur when you go there. I, I mean, even honestly, and I know people this is probably going to be heresy or whatever, but people go there and visit and, and see all the sites and, and take pride in America, whatever. I remember going back there again during the Obama administration and seeing this stuff. I, I was offended just at the architecture. I and I went to I uh, Constitution Hall or whatever it's called, where, you, yeah. you know, the documents are there and you walk up and and the door is like, I don't know, 50 feet high and, and mm-hmm. 20 feet wide in these columns. I mean, every it looks like Mount Olympus. So the very architect architecture and I, and I understand it, that's even with the founders who wanted to look like some European whatever. But it, just that that almost deity that it tries to yeah. transmit is so offensive to yeah. my senses. I, I just, yeah, I, I really don't like Washington DC people love it. And we have friends that 
grew up there from there and, and they like visiting the sites and seeing all that stuff. There's something in me that, that, that just, that just stands up, that just bristles yeah. at simply seeing the architecture, the, the hundred foot statues of these men. I respect the, the, these men for what they did, you know, and, and who they were as people. And then, but they're, larger than life idols of this place yeah, i see, do not, not like washington dc even as as a place i will tell you most people don't realize that washington dc as it exists now did not exist when our founders were alive and other than john adams i can't imagine one of our founders being happy with the way they're uh, portrayed I, I in believe, statues you have george I washington, washington made comments about yeah. Some of the stuff that it was over the top. George Washington. You, there are statues of George Washington where he looks like freaking Caesar. Yeah. They have the 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 olive leaf around yeah, his head and, he, and, and naked. Bare chested. Yeah. Washington would have been mortified. Yeah. Mortified by well, I think that. in the Otunda, they, in the Rotunda, there's there's this sort of almost Greek like Greek mythology, godlike stuff going on there with with Washington and some of the others. I mean, so anyway, I don't know. It's just it's just I, offensive to me. How about if we just as soon as I step foot on the place? I want to end the show. Maybe I'm over the top. I no, you're not over the top. It well, it's it has a very a very oppressive spirit to it. It's yeah. not just simply the opulence. There's a spiritual thing going on there. It's just ridiculous. I want to share with you guys a quote from Thomas Jefferson on our way out today. We cannot endure the infamy and guilt of resigning succeeding generations to that wretchedness which inevitably would inevitably awaits them if we basely entail hereditary bondage upon them. We will, in defiance of every hazard, with unbating firmness and perseverance, employ for the preservation of our liberties being with one mind resolved to die free men rather than to live slaves. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you to those who will be watching it later. We have our uh, Christmas Eve special tomorrow, just the standard uh, tradition that, that we do here at, at uh Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal for Christmas Eve. And then we will take Christmas Day off. Spend that with your family. You shouldn't, you're not going to be watching us anyway. If you're if you're jonesing for a Chris Ann Hall show on Christmas Day, then go back and check out one of our our uh, uh, our past shows. But uh, my intent is to do our Christmas Eve show so that you would have something uh, special to share with your family on Christmas. I guarantee you the Christmas Eve special show, as it is a tradition, is a way to bring you into an, an uplifted perspective on how uh, great it is to be an American. So thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will see you uh, in Sisters, Oregon.